Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2022, at which point it dissolves in the sun into a pile of dust. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Corey, they, them. And Della, she, her. Thanks for joining me again, as always, and we are in-person live recording this podcast for the first time since, I guess, last week when we did the special episode, <laughs> but... um. I mean, we're actually talking about a fanfic this time. Right, right. This, this is creepy, like seeing, seeing your like, eye contact and like be, being in the room and stuff. It's weird. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, totally. We're in a room together, but it somehow doesn't feel like it. I'm like still like looking up and going, oh, where's the computer? <laughs> <laughs> Why is your face not in a box? <laughs> yeah. Fair question. Definitely out of practice, but at least I can take consolation in the fact that this is retro style retro fanfic retrospective and the more retros i can fit in there the happier i am (laughs) and we are gathered here together to talk about a rather short buffy the vampire slayer fanfic and i think in conversation recently when we were talking about what to do next it came up that we hadn't done any buffy for a long time and had never really done any buffy that was set anywhere you know hundreds of years close to actual buffy series continuity right we did um Mm. phoenix burning which is a near future (laughs) post-apocalyptic yeah yeah Yeah. and like what 300 years in the future something Something like like that that. long enough to have a vampire problem past free time i think (laughs) And then we did a couple of Angel stuff, which doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. But it seemed overdue because Buffy's such a beloved series that has such a, you know, loyal fan base, prolific with the fan fiction. And there's so many people who worked on it who are kind, wonderful people who did not harass or abuse each other. And also Joss Whedon. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Topical humor there, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I have much to say about. No. Not really. It's just like, I guess mainly like I I saw Charisma Carpenter's post, mm-hmm. you know, a year or two ago. And now it's like circling back around. All of the abuse allegations have been aggregated against him. And I'm just like, ah. Well, yeah. And then there's all these people who are basically like really diplomatically. We support these people who are our castmates <laughs> in a generic sort of I don't want to get involved, but yes, sort of way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, that's why we have fan fiction to <laughs> totally murder the author in multiple ways. Yes. Yeah, because that's actually something I was going to bring up is it's like there is a really interesting cultural thing where it's like, oh, do we still consume work from people that are shitty? You know, well, at and least that's in... a complicated question. That's right? an ongoing question. Yeah. 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 But I, I feel like there's also degrees where like Whedon's not actively promoting horrible things all the time so at least we can kind of just you know yeah uh, yeah i don't i don't, know. I don't support any joss whedon's future endeavors right right <laughs> yeah. right that's the thing like this fanfic there's no question because joss whedon's not making any money off of this mm-hmm. like that he's not getting anything out of this fanfic <laughs> i hope <laughs> well only the pleasure of reading it if he you know finds it online and reads it because i really enjoyed this fanfic where, where did we find this fanfic amato this fanfic comes through the, um, you know, somewhat academic book, The Fanfiction Reader by Francisca Coppa, Hmm. which is, you know, relatively early fanfiction studies stuff. And I picked it up way at the beginning of this project to see, like, what old fanfics there were there that I could put on the list. And there were two. And the only two fanfics that were old enough to make my list were They Say of the Elves and this one, Next by Janet Smith. Oh, and um, was this published in 2004? Yeah. Okay. That seems right. Um, yeah, we're reading the archive of our own copy because it's on archive of our own. And a lot of authors are very good about backdating the publishing date when they put it on archive of our own to when it actually came out. And that seems accurate to me. How great for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Because, <laughs> well, yeah, what, when did Buffy end? What, 2003, right? Uh, it's maybe... 2004, 2005? It was about the end of high school for me, and that was about two, 2005. Well, it can't have been 2005, because this was published in 2004, and is distinctly past the end of the series. Well, it might have been Angel ended in 2005, because it went on for a season afterwards. I thought yeah. Angel went on for a season after Buffy. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, two two seasons okay. after Buffy. Or one. One season. Wrong. Then they had the comic book series. Uh, let's not talk about that. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. 
all we should basically say is that Buffy had ended by 2004, and then this author wrote this. It sounds like this is between the end of Buffy and the beginning of the last season of Angel, I think. Well, it's definitely after the end of Buffy, so... Well, just some of the continuity stuff, because they mentioned things that Buffy does afterwards in the last season of Angel, and none of that's in here. Ah. So I, it feels like end of Buffy pre-last season of, of Angel. Well, that would jive. Yeah. When we read They Say of the Elves, I had like the the commentary by Francisco Coppa about the fan fiction and like its place in, you know, the community and, you know, the context and that sort of thing. And I know she had words to say about like the Buffy faith shipping community and that kind of thing. But I don't actually have my copy of it anymore because I just checked it out from the library. <laughs> All I had was this on my list of things to read. So if you're looking for someone to say more intelligent things about this fanfic than we do, you can seek out that publication. Well, well, it's rude, Amato. <laughs> We're going to say very intelligent things, I assure you. And that's just not the three shots of rum I had earlier talking. <laughs> it's my Whoa. birthday. Shut up. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Right. I'm glad I chose a good birthday fanfic because... You were very pleased when it turned out that the short <laughs> Buffy fanfic I had for us was post-series Buffy Faith. Yes, we're we're recording uh, a batch of these before I go on vacation. So I think this comes out June, middle of June something, a month after my birthday. Mm. But we're recording May 15th. So that's my birthday. And I was, these are things I like. I, li- I like Buffy. I like, I like fanfics. I like lesbian shipping. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, it's hard to find all those things together, but um, I managed to dredge something up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, touche. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say Buffy and Faith is, it, it's not, it is an obvious pair in many well, ways. Like I have thoughts about that. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. I was just thinking, you know, we were talking about Buffy Faith shipping. It's like, well, Faith is kind of a hard character to redeem. Um, and we can get into how this fanfic, like this fanfic does a good job of addressing stuff like that, mm-hmm. e- even if it's only what 4,000 words. Yeah. Very short. It occurs yeah. to me that the stories that Francisco Coppa was able to put into the fanfiction reader were shorter on average than maybe the average fanfiction story on the internet might be <laughs> because, you know, having to cram fanfiction into actual published books printed on dead trees means that maybe you're not doing the like 150,000 word epics. Right. Uh, but anyway, that's just as well. I really like short fanfics that have a constrained scope that the author is like very in control of. And that's definitely what this story is. Should we get into the content a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So this is immediately post-season, what's the last one? Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Post-season seven, Buffy. Um, Sunnydale has been destroyed. The Hellmouth has been destroyed. It's all fell into each other and they were standing on the outskirts when the bus just looking at the gaping hole that used to be a town in California. And we almost immediately get some really good writing that made me smile. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just in that scene. I really liked the line in the first paragraph. Um, I guess just the first few sentences, right? First paragraph, really. When Sunnydale crumbles into a huge hole in the ground, Buffy pauses to revel in the finality of it, letting time stop around her for a moment. This is her favorite part of Apocalypses. <laughs> The first minutes after, like the first minutes after the last Christmas present has been opened, <laughs> when all the long hustle and drive is suddenly suspended, motor engaging no gears, and you have no idea what needs doing next, because there is nothing that needs doing next. Yeah. And it's just so Buffy the character and Buffy the series for a line to say, this is her favorite part of apocalypses. And it's a true. I will pause to let that one go. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had another thought. It was just like... I guess it's related. Buffy, it, this is a th- running theme through the fanfic. Buffy's always had so much responsibility. Mm-hmm. So the Christmas analogy, I was thinking like, I don't think I thought about Christmas that way when I was like, what, 21, as old as she is. I do now that it's all on me to like decorate <laughs> right. the tree. That's the parent perspective of Christmas. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, not that I'm a parent, but like, yeah, it's just, just it is my responsibility. The adult perspective, I adult. guess, right? Not you know, rather than child. Yeah, but I mean, parent is not a bad way to put it. You know, it's the caregiver perspective. It's like mm-hmm. when you have to do it for someone else yeah. rather than it being done for you. And it made me think like, yeah, Buffy has never stopped having this responsibility. And the craziest part is that when her mom died, she also had a sister that I guess she remembered growing up with, but she hadn't <laughs> had before. It was like, 
Whedon was like throwing everything at her. He's like, not only are you, you know, a young vampire slayer who has to save the yeah. world. Now you are a parent to a teenager. You're a legal guardian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's definitely a part of Buffy's character that people latch on to. I mean, both in the series in in. um what do you call it? Like canon, like actual series. I guess that's a thing. Yeah. And in fan fiction, I'm flashing back to Phoenix Burning, which we really liked, where she's resurrected in the future by, you know, Watcher occult magic. And mm -hmm. what she's most upset at, like almost even more so than everyone she knows being dead, is the idea that can they just keep doing this? Am I going to have to keep fighting <laughs> vampires? Like even after I'm dead, like am I just going to keep getting summoned to keep fighting friggin' vampires? And so, yeah, that that kind of unending weight of responsibility mm -hmm. is definitely like a huge yeah. thing for the character. It was an interesting thing in Buffy where they kind of tried to talk about the how empowerment with empowerment comes like responsibility. How like if you have the ability yeah. to do something, it's your job then to do it, which is probably a kind of a fucked up way to think about like feminism and stuff. But well, mm. let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, the well from a superhero perspective, it's, you know, an extension of the Spider-Man thing, right? Where yeah. it's like, you can't just yeah. let the guy run past because you don't feel like dealing with it. You have to deal with it. Well, in, in Buffy, whenever they show her or any Slayer, like, uh, being lax in their duties, then it's always a, a young woman in a club getting killed. Oh, great. Yeah. 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 There's definitely thoughts about that. But, like, I do agree with the great power comes great responsibility thing. It's just like. I don't know if it was a good or bad writing choice, right, to amp up Buffy's total responsibilities mm -hmm. in the show, right? Mm -hmm. um, I like it because I think it's kind of like it becomes more personally relatable what her responsibilities are losing her mom and taking care of her sister rather than just being a vampire slayer. But it's an interesting choice because like some shows would have like gone totally off the walls, like amped up the drama. And I feel like instead Buffy just amps up her level of responsibility her until level it stress. stresses right. her. Yeah, her <laughs> yeah. stress, exactly. Yeah. And I this fix starts off with a relaxation of all that uh, responsibility and tension. Like, yeah. she, like the hell mouth is plugged up, destroyed. The She's not one of only two slayers. There's like many. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting lead down. And I think it's yeah, I think the fanfic's really interesting coming from all the stuff we just talked about. Like, the immediate thing after the paragraph I read is that Xander turns to her and is like, what do we do, Buffy? Mm -hmm. And what she wants to say is, I have no idea what we do, <laughs> but instead she has to take charge and be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's not a relatable feeling. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're going to get Robin to the hospital. We're going to go do this and this. But then in the aftermath, we get a couple of scenes where, like, various characters are deciding to split off and do their own things, which in various ways take responsibility off of Buffy's shoulders mm -hmm. one after another. Mm -hmm. Also feels like very like adult friend group. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, we're just going to move now for a very good responsible reason. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's like, uh, bye. <laughs> oh, guess. yeah. There's a good line there where it's like, um, so they're all like stay in a hotel for a little while because, you know, their entire town is collapsed. <laughs> so they drive to a different town. They stay at a hotel. And eventually people just start leaving. And it's like, well, Kennedy leaves with the young slayers to go to Cleveland where the other Hellmouth is. Right. Because mm -hmm. yeah. that was one of the jokes at the end of the show. I think it's another Hellmouth in Cleveland. Yeah. Just as an aside, I love that post series canon has taken that throw off line and made it like a big, important thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. There's comics about the Hellmouth in Cleveland with like Faith and her new watcher and stuff. <laughs> right. But, but, and even then Buffy's like, oh, she kind of thought that they would want her to go along as, you know, a supervisor person, but actually Kennedy, they, they don't seem that upset that she doesn't. And yeah. the, the Kennedy can do that. Mm -hmm. Kennedy's like old enough to, <laughs> you know, be in charge of that group more or less. Exactly. And then Willow, who has a burgeoning relationship with Kennedy follows Kennedy. And mm -hmm. so like the great line is like, Buffy hadn't thought of the fact that of course, Willow would follow Kennedy and Xander would follow Willow. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was interesting. Um, just like everybody just sort of has a reason to go and it's very quick in a way. Right. And right. I'm not sure we mentioned, but at the beginning of the fanfic, the like stated mission of it is I felt sorry for Buffy at the end of the series. I wanted to give her something nice to cheer her up. Right, that's the summary by the author. I thought mm. that was such a sweet place to be coming at writing fan fiction from. Such a, such a relatable feeling, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah. yeah. And, like, 
So all these leavings happen too. I think this is interesting because like Buffy does feel some sadness about it because, you know, she's not a monster. (laughs) She loves her friends. (laughs) But it is also the burden of responsibility being taken away. And the other thing that happens is Dawn and Giles, if anyone wants to take that. Yeah. Giles comes in to talk to her and like after it says like some hemming. Like taking that out of the hemming and hawing phrase. But anyway, and polishing glasses. Exactly. (laughs) He says he wants to take Dawn. He needs to get back to England to try to like salvage whatever he can from the Watchers Council. And he wants to take Dawn with him to train him. Mm -hmm. And he's he's kind of coming out like, is that okay? And Buffy has, you know, a great internal paragraph where like there's all these mixed feelings here. But she loves her sister, but she did not sign up to be a parent. And so it seems like maybe she feels a little bit like... She says there's mixed feelings about it, but there's this great sense of relief where she's like, oh, this father figure in my life is going to take care, be taking care of this like daughter figure <laughs> in my life. And she says um, to have to to not have to play mother, to not have to worry about whether Dawn was ditching school or kissing vampires, to hand her over to the man who is in a very real sense Buffy's father, God, even just for a little while. And yeah. Yeah. She signs off on it for sure. Yeah. That part hit me really hard, you know, like it, it is, it's one thing, you know, to go out. I'm not saying, you know, having kids and raising children is, is a huge responsibility, right? It's a, it's a huge thing. And people who take it on, you know, I appreciate them. Hopefully someday I will take it on too. Yes, I appreciate (laughs) it. No, I, I think it's really important, but there's a different feeling when you're handed that responsibility, you know? Even if Dawn's not a two-year-old, you know, she's still not someone Buffy expected to have to take care of. And there's no way out. It's not like I planned to, and I'm not saying all children are planned, but I am saying like, it's not like I planned to have this family and this is like my purpose. It's more like I didn't have a choice. Just like the fighting vampires, really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Buffy's never had a choice. And I think the author's very realistic in them saying that they wanted to give her something nice because something nice in a lot of ways is taking that weight of responsibility away. Mm-hmm. And so after those like well-written scenes, and I think we talked about them in reverse order that leaves Buffy and Faith mm. left of that group and Robin in the hospital. Robin in the hospital. Yeah. And convalescing Robin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I completely forgot. He like basically almost dies at the end of the series. Yeah, there's a whole lot of carnage at the end, last couple episodes. Yeah, I think there's a scene where, like, he, like, you think he's going to die, and, like, Faith is, like, closing his eyes, and he's like, no, wait, I'm alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Andrew's going to the Cleveland group, by the way. I forgot about that. Oh, right. Following Xander. Right. (laughs) Oh, and Andrew would follow Xander. That was the last line (laughs) of part of that That was funny. It it was funny, actually, because she says, on the upside, Andrew is going to follow Xander. Oh. (laughs) Fair. But yeah, then we get into the meat of the story, right? Yeah. With Faith and Buffy. Well, the meat of the story, that's not a lot of meat in, in the story. <laughs> it's kind the of a, meat of the nugget. It's kind of a vegetarian story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where they just kind of spend some nice time together. Where like Faith is like taking care of Buffy, kind of. Yeah, Faith kind of is the one who reaches out, who like comes over to Buffy and is like basically asking um, how she's feeling, what she wants to do. And mm-hmm. Buffy's just like, she just shrugs. Like she she's... She's just so exhausted and done and, you know, yeah. all that kind of thing. And so Faith takes her out shopping. Um, using Robin's credit card. Using Robin's credit card, <laughs> right. Um, Questions, but whatever. <laughs> and it, it appears that she's kind of doing this specifically to try to cheer Buffy up. Um, I like the line at the start of that sequence. Buffy is pretty sure the only kind of shopping Faith enjoys is for weapons, but somehow they end up in an actual mall at a store which does indeed have girly things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is just implying that, like, Faith is actually taking them there for Buffy, like, not, you know, to try to, yeah. try to cheer her up. Yeah. Um, and it does. And she was complaining earlier about not having any clothes to change out of, you know, after being all sweaty and bloody, probably, and gross and such after the end of the, the season. Yeah. There's also a scene where they they try on the same dress, which like at first I just laughed about because I went Buffy and Faith wearing the same outfit. Their styles are so different, but mm-hmm. it's like a black yeah. um, spaghetti strap dress. Very early 2000s. Um, and I was like, <laughs> OK, it's black. I guess I could see Faith trying that. on. Yeah, that they'd both try it out. Yeah. But like, I don't know. How do you feel about that part, Della? Because that was the first whisper of attraction. Right. <laughs> I liked it because a whole lot 
of um, Faith's development in the series is like uh, trying to like steal things from from Buffy or like um, appropriate a lot of like Buffy's life. I think that's how she was introduced in season three mm-hmm. with sure, that concept. Yeah. So at some point, you, you would like to see in the series where Faith would develop her own personality and wants and needs. And unfortunately, that's not really uh, served so well in the canon. And at this point, we're like, it seems like kind of, of course, you know, they, they both pick the same dress and come out and look at it. And then, like, she looks at Faith and is like, oh, yeah, it, it fits Faith, but then it fits her. And then Buffy suddenly remembers Faith saying, it feels like mine. Guess that means it's yours about the um, big MacGuffin axe at the end of the the last season. Mm-hmm. Right, that was meant for the Slayer, and Buffy's always been the Slayer, and Faith's been the the, the other, other one. Slayer. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a middle child, I kind of relate to the concept. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. Buffy says, and the smile, when it comes, doesn't feel forced. You should get it. Faith meets her eyes and smiles hesitantly, and Buffy finds herself imagining what it would be like to slip that strap off of Faith's shoulder with one finger. So it's very efficient writing. Like very to em- quick. To, em- oh, yeah. to emphasize, it's the faith development because when she sees they're in the same dress, she's the one who offers, oh, it looks better on you. I don't think this really fits me anyway. Mm-hmm. It's Buffy's relationship with faith development in that she's able to say like, no, like faith, you have this one. Like it looks, and it's also an excuse for Buffy to seriously consider faith's body and have that first <laughs> like physical attraction. It is so efficient. And it's also, um, Buffy says that it doesn't fit right because she's lost weight, which mm-hmm. I can't really believe that Sarah Michelle Geller like could lose any weight whatsoever, but I, and still be there, is, yeah, 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 still be, exist, <laughs> still, yeah, yeah, still be it, fine, three dimensional, <laughs> yeah. The implication is that she's been under stress, yeah, So it's right. another reminder. We have those reminder threads all throughout the story of her her stress, and I like that it's a a connection. She goes from thinking about her body in a negative way as a reminder of her stress and also sort of self-deprecating to thinking about Faith's body. It's very quick. It's not like all of a sudden we're going down a huge fantasy rabbit hole. It's just like, yeah. oh, Buffy's attracted to Faith and nothing seems out of place about it. And it takes her mind off of herself. Yeah. And it mentions things that like that she'd always noticed like face body shape and stuff and mm-hmm. how she feels things out and, and always felt like, oh, yeah, that's something that you'd notice, but not necessarily talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a nice little, like, I've heard a lot of sapphic pining <laughs> fiction. <laughs> and it's always kind of nice that things like this kind of start off slow and don't, don't just immediately go into, like, softcore porn, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there, there, there is an attraction, but people are respectful and, like, and actually like each other as people. <laughs> and you could tell. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, I like to see that growth for both of them because it'd be something nice for the characters i want something nice to happen to them (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's only so slow you can go in a four thousand word story but absolutely like Mm -hmm. the the steps are in place i mean this is lightning fast for for sapphic fiction let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) it is yeah but i actually really appreciate that because like i get a little tired of the meandering in some stories it's like the characters will know their attraction for each other on page three and won't get together until page 150. And you're like, what's the hemming and hawing? Like, what is actually stopping you at, at a certain point? Right. You have to go there. There's no more excuses you can come up with. Or we have the, the one sided attraction and the other one doesn't realize that they're even vaguely interested until like three fourths of the way in. And it's like, <laughs> why am I reading this? But I yeah. still read it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I still read it too, but I do feel like, I don't know, I, I get a little frustrated, especially when you know, you know where it's going. That's why you're reading it, right? You know yeah. that this has an end goal to get the two characters together. Yeah. So why are we wasting so much time? Like, it's fine to have good pacing, mm-hmm. but I don't think good pacing is coming up with excuse after excuse. Anyway, sorry. It, a little bit of a pet peeve. Yeah. Moving on. It doesn't, doesn't justify excuse to like come close and pull away so quickly to like actual character growth or story progress. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of character growth and story progress, we get a transition into kind of our next scene, and we're quickly running out of scenes. This is like halfway through the story already. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Buffy's like, well, too bad we don't have any place to wear these, you know, these dresses. Hey, Faith says, who's in charge here? 
Buffy thinks you are. It's not as bad a thing as she'd have once thought. And that leads into, they go to a club, Faith, uh, not Faith, uh, Buffy, Buffy's internal, she's like, it's weird to be at somewhere that is not the bronze. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, because they, they that one set they have for, that they use in high school and college and like young adults. <laughs> yeah, going you, to the same place. you remember that club we went to in high school and after? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like a juice bar before and then it started serving <laughs> alcohol as soon as we turned 21. As soon as it, was, as it was appropriate for us to drink beer on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all the indie bands played there. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah. The local scene. And just an, an aside, I, it is nice when a girl takes, takes charge. That, that'd be fun to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it's a thread that comes through this whole scene where for one thing, they dance. There's all these little character moments going on here. But for one thing, they dance together and Buffy enjoys it and is. She has this line where she's. I guess this whole paragraph, right? It's, it's not that long, these, seg these segments. Instead of remembering all the bad parts about those days she played at being like Faith senior year, she's remembering how good it felt. She's realizing you can do this, have no responsibilities, have fun. You can do this for a little while sometimes. And you don't have to let it eat you up. And I think I really like that writing. I like the little hedges in there. You can do this for a little while, sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's a great way to clarify, like, after sort of the absolutes of, mm -hmm. you know, how, especially on TV, you can play something to a theme. Like, right. first of all, you know, I did also want to mention that they say that, um, it feels the club feels less safe than the bronze and Buffy's wondering why anyone would go to a club that felt safe, which I think is pretty funny because it's like if you think about it. Yeah, it's like it's it's basically a juice bar. It's never really bad, like a real club. Well, the bronze but, was wildly unsafe. Oh, no, yeah. it was. <laughs> I, I don't understand why she says that either. Yeah. But like, I think it's it has to do with the fact that like, you know, people are really getting rowdy and really partying. And I don't know. My main point is that. Buffy's got, I don't know, it feels like she's coming full circle. Like nothing is an absolute in this situation. She's like, yes, I can party some of the time. That is fine. I can let go. It doesn't mean I'm letting go of myself in a whole like television arc in which I lose my purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. And a nice part about this scene too is that they talk about how it's nice to like be together and like also relax and loosen all these responsibilities. I I do like what you mentioned about the internal monologue where it's someone who's very tightly wound slowly, <laughs> slowly letting go instead of like going, letting go all at once. But they talk about, uh, they start dancing and it's the same kind of completely physical activity as finally getting to grips with a vampire after the long stalk through a graveyard. And she and Faith work as well in this context as they do in their best moments of slaying together. Their movements relax and synchronized. For the first time in a long time, Buffy feels beautiful. And that one hit me hit me in the feels. I don't know. <laughs> mm. There's so many like great little moments, point after point here. Um, like shortly after that, Faith goes to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Buffy has some comment about like, huh, she even makes walking over the <laughs> toilet look cool and slightly dangerous. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, she keeps dancing, she's not enjoying herself, and she's like, what? Like, I need to be hanging off of faith to have fun and it's like no you're in it's because you like faith and you like spending time with her now that's all but then the really like nice through line from faith taking charge and going to the club to begin with is that she follows faith there's another funny line about her like barely being able to just just throwing people out of the way when they get in her way because mm -hmm. you know she's used to solving problems that way but then she finds faith just you know, staking a vampire who is like about to prey on some random club woman like happens all yeah. the time in any club anywhere. <laughs> and and then the significance of that is that Buffy didn't have to do it. Right. Right. So basically Faith going to the bathroom was an excuse because Buffy like this is mostly pretty much all from Buffy's perspective. Um, third person omniscient, mm -hmm. but in Buffy's perspective. So like Buffy sees Faith. Faith's like, I'm going to go pee. She watches her and she sees her slipping in and out of the bathroom real fast. And she's like, that was quick. And then next, you know, she follows her and she sees, oh, this was an excuse. And I thought that was a good way to like describe it too, to say like, just to say, oh, going to pee was quick mm -hmm. is a way to say, oh, it, it was made up. Um, so the author does this great job with conciseness. And that leads to this whole thing. Buffy can reflect on like, wow, Faith wanted to protect me from this. Mm -hmm. 
she she can take care of it and she can take care of me. I think that's I don't know, it's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And she has a moment somewhere around there where she's like, maybe I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, here it is. Buffy feels oddly protected, assured that she isn't going to have to be constantly alert, that maybe they can actually trade that job off. It's an odd feeling, and she figures she's going to have to live with it for a while before she decides if it's a gift she's comfortable accepting. That's so real. Oh, my God. That one was the one that hit me the most because I was like. Oh, well, if you've ever been. I mean, yeah, as a caregiver, like for sure. It's such a big part of having a partner in any kind of caregiving Mm -hmm. or child care context is just like someone needs to do the thing, but you can give each other time. And sorry, Del, I feel like we glossed over the beautiful line, but I. But I do think that was also really good in that it's just another aspect of the ways in which being a slayer has come to, like, encompass Buffy's entire existence. Right. Mm. Um, And, like, when's the last time she had a relationship that wasn't kind of, like, in the thick of being a slayer anyway? Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched any slayer material. And, like, thinking back, I don't think I've liked any of her boyfriends. Yeah. No. Yeah. I didn't like any of her boyfriends. And it's sad because College guy was kind of a jerk, if I remember right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like Riley might have potentially been the least kind of toxic to her and but he was actually like my least favorite character I thought he was just such an asshole yeah, I was just w- watching some of that earlier today and like Art I just drags on oh my god like, anyway. I, I liked him when I was younger I think but like I think that was like in comparison to like other terrible people <laughs> well yeah in comparison to like Spike who yeah, yeah, we can talk. We don't need to talk but about like, that. Like Riley is also a terrible person, just very polite about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we want something nice for Buffy. We do. <laughs> yes, we've always done. Yeah. And all that, you know, it's a through line. They get back into the the hotel room, and Buffy's able to like actually sort of relax. There's a great you know sequence about how her nights usually go, which is worrying about. Giles staking Spike or Spike killing someone or like yeah. Spike seducing someone or just like worrying about whatever's happening to all these people she's responsible to. Sorry, I just I really love that part because <laughs> um I was recently talking in my psychology class about catastrophic thinking. Mm-hmm. And I remember this is episode of the show with Zay Frank where he describes the everything thing. And he's like, it's that thing where you start going down the rabbit hole of your thoughts. It's like what if I'm not practicing my guitar enough? What if I'm not good enough to my friends? Should I have more friends? Am I not being good enough to the friends I already have? Should I travel more? You know, it's like <laughs> that thing. And that's how this line goes. And I read it off in like in my mind in a rapid voice. And it's really funny. Are you telling me that people don't think like that all the time? <laughs> I think about like that like several times a day. And I think it's common, which is I think it's why it's a presence in a lot yeah. of things. I think it kind of captures what it was like to... Just watching the last season of Buffy was a lot of a lot of tension, I think. And I think, yeah, it really shows what, what it'd be like to be first person in that perspective, which would be awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this line is like, um, yeah, she imagines Giles is in the basement staking Spike. She gives herself a firm talking to about the limits of Giles' stupidity and <laughs> starts relaxing and then 10 minutes later is wide awake. What if she should let Giles take Spike? What if the commotion in the next room was Spike biting the neck of the Japanese girl whose name Buffy can never pronounce? Or what if he's seducing her? Is she a horrible person for worrying more about that possibility? I, I thought of that Zay Frank line in the same sense because it's that co- constant question of what if, right? Yeah. So Sorry, I just really like that part. But the contrast is that at this point in the fanfic, she doesn't need to do any of that. It's trying to like let it go and relax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She puts a movie on the TV when Faith is in the bathroom showering and it's pretty in pink and Faith comes out and is, you know, kind of insulting about it. Like, you actually like this shit? It's the only thing on, Buffy says, but truthfully, she has a soft spot for any story about the way her life should have been. Meaning, like, not having concerns beyond, like, Mm -hmm. romantic troubles or whatever. It's like, this this story is such a rapid-fire succession of poignant, like, aww, lines. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good, like, background reminders of the person Buffy was at the start of the series, you know, the shopping and the watching Pretty in Pink. Like, she had a vision for her life as, like, you know, a crappy cute cheerleader with not a lot of worries. And then she got recruited into this. And 
wow, what a drastic change. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to forget that by the end of the series because, you know, it went for seven seasons and she changes a lot as a person. And at, at the end of the short scene, um, Faith is still trying to take care of Buffy. So she's like, hey, let's get some snacks. And so she goes out and gets Snickers, but we'll still wearing a towel. <laughs> and Buffy compares it to, um, where was it? It's like sending your boyfriend out in the middle of the night for, for cookies, Buffy thinks. She's asleep by the time by, by the time Faith gets back. Okay, is that a thing people do? They send their boyfriend out in the middle of the night for cookies? I don't know. I have never done that. <laughs> I mean, I've never been sent out in the middle of the night for cookies, so. I'm I'm, okay. I'm off sugar and I don't date men, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really eat a lot of sweet things either, but like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't send someone out in the middle of the night to pick me up something. Why wouldn't I just go myself? I don't understand. I think I would do that for somebody else, though, if they asked. Yeah, yeah. I think I would, too. <laughs> We've just got two more scenes in the fanfic, mm -hmm. and the, the next one leads immediately out of that, where Buffy wakes up and notices that she's been tucked into bed with a blanket. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and here's where, uh, here's where they don't waste any time on the sapphic relationship developing, because... <laughs> You know, they only have so many words here. Faith must have done that. Looking across the room at Faith's sleeping form, Buffy has a realization. Faith will never say it. Faith believes Buffy doesn't want it and that it is now her role to be the friend. That asking for more would return them to their relationship of four years ago. Buffy makes a decision. Which is basically, before she has time to worry about it, go make a physical affection advance towards Faith. Which is just getting close, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she thinks Faith is asleep, so she crawls into her bed. Then she realizes Faith's awake. <laughs> and then they start kissing. I like the line that Buffy has a sudden, real a sudden revelation. Kissing a girl requires exactly the same skill set as kissing a boy. I don't know, I like that. Yeah, and then she says, and I'm actually pretty good at that or something <laughs> right, like yeah. that to herself, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was sweet too, because it is. It's like, it's not... It's a similar insecurity, I think, like when, you know, considering how gender stuff is in our society, like, you know, the first time I had a relationship with someone of like a different gender, I, I think I did have some of that anxiety. I was like, it's going to be so different or so weird. It's like, no, it's not. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice and they fade to black. Yeah. It fades to black with some verbal communication consent mm -hmm. where they... Uh, where is this? The kiss seems to last for hours, and then Buffy finally pulls back a little and opens her eyes, and Faith's eyes are open too, and they look at each other. Buffy's thinking, oh god, now that she's going to be Faith, she's going to say something offhand and cool, and I'm going to feel like an idiot. But what Faith says is, are you sure? And Buffy says, oh yeah. <laughs> That's nice. It is nice. It is and, nice and concise. Again, I want to praise the author. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm reading so many Pacing. quotes from this story because the writing is strong and because... Any talking about something the author does well would take more words than just <laughs> reading what the author did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of times. I like we all felt something similar with that. <laughs> I mean, I think we could have already read this we could whole have just story, read the story by now. Right. But we want to give our opinions and I, I guess that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we can do that. I, I guess that's what we do. Is that what we do? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd listen to that podcast, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got a very last scene, and um, that's basically them waking up in the morning, cuddling, uh, being like, oh yeah, Robin, because Faith was <laughs> like sort of kind of had something going with Robin, apparently. I've, I haven't watched the last season in a long time. Like, they get together once, I think. Yes, and there's some implication. Sorry, this is like me like looking through the Buffy wiki and right. like trying to refresh myself, but... I think there's just some implication in the scene where he almost dies that they're like gonna kind of be an item um, because she like closes his eyes and she's mourning for him and then he wakes back up and he's alive and she's grateful and she kisses him. Right. So, but this is the start of my, like this whole fanfic is so good. This is started by problems. Is mm -hmm. There's an implication that Faith and Robin are super serious <laughs> and now they're about... gonna have to like break it to him even though he just woke up in the hospital after like being in the ICU or whatnot. I don't know how serious we're supposed to take it. Um, for example, here at the, at the end of the first paragraph in the last scene, she hasn't thought about Robin until now, and she doesn't feel too much guilt about it. 
this thing between her and Faith, it's much older than Faith's relationship with Robin, which might anyways be too young to really be called a relationship. It's like, I don't think we're supposed to take okay. that they're super serious, but yeah, more it serious weird, than though. just kissing someone when they turned out not to be dead. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it was implied that they were like monogamously dating yeah. and that like even if it wasn't a, like they weren't going to get married or something mm -hmm. that it was still a breakup in a way. I, I, I think the show was try trying to telegraph them being a couple, trying to pair off characters at, at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, series. because Buffy says it was my first time cheating, which implying that Faith is cheating on Robin, mm -hmm. which, OK, the only reason it bothers me is because I don't think it was necessary. Like you can extrapolate that from the end of the series and that's fine, but it feels sort of unnecessary in this story. Like why not just extrapolate something else where they're not but cheating? They did actually yeah. like, have a monogamous relationship of some kind, right? Yeah. I mean, because then they wouldn't get the cute resolution at the end of the scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't really like the end of this. Basically, they go to the hospital to pick him up and they, you know, they're they're like, oh, we shouldn't tell him now he's recovering, but he figures it out anyway. Immediately, right. Immediately, somehow, whatever. Well, it's like just from their body language. Yeah. And he's heard about it. And then he's like, OK, he sort of accepts it that they're going to give him back his credit. Bubby's going to give him back his other. She gives him back one of his credit cards, but not the other one because Faith stops her. Mm -hmm. So they steal his credit card. Faith breaks up with him after cheating on him and steals his credit card. Yeah. I don't understand the necessity of this last scene. That's all I'm saying. Well, the part I liked was they implied a very serious discussion that took place between Robin and Faith, like off screen. Mm -hmm. Where it's like Robin figures it out by their body language, then then turns to Faith and says, you lied to me, Robin says to Faith. They're both ignoring Buffy now. I didn't lie, says Faith reasonably. I told you nothing was going on. Nothing was going on then right so they've, they've talked about this like attraction or whatever yeah <laughs> um and then i do i do like that basically like robin despite being initially upset faith tells him like look let's not fart on bad terms i had fun i bet you did too and i learned something so no hard feelings okay <laughs> except there is the paragraph well the sentence before the paragraph before that says buffy is bemused and her experience breakups involve a lot more tears and a lot less icy disdain icy disdain is before she has she says that to robin though and then robin like softens and he's, he's like immediately yeah i just i'm not sure if i completely understand word, yeah right icy disdain to uh, okay never mind it's fine mm -hmm. well that's that's how it's written um well it's the implication that they've been they both have been thinking about it for a bit so this isn't mm. sprung on them this is something they've begun to process and this is the end of the processing yeah uh, okay fair enough and you're right tori that stealing his credit card isn't nice but i do like the line buffy is momentarily distracted from the immorality of basically stealing robin's <laughs> credit card by the fact that she is holding hands with a girl in public yeah that's cute <laughs> basically still she's actually stealing well she's not returning card, but... it yeah she's actually uh, stealing <laughs> but it's mostly face um, initiative in this Oh yeah, it's, it's well, uh, <laughs> Faith grabbing, Buffy's about to pull the other card out of her pocket and Faith grabs her hand and holds her hand, yeah. but it's like, mm -hmm. Yeah, for as um, nice and good as Faith has been in this fic, it is within uh, Faith's um, wheelhouse to, to steal something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, this is a reminder, this is Faith, who Faith is, yeah. which I, I don't know. Again, it was, it's not nice. Yeah, it Robin was, hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> it was weird, but it's a good bit of faith characterization, I think. Well, it must be yeah. really relaxing for Buffy, who, like, in her relationships with Angel and Spike, had to worry about whether they would start acting evil to just have a <laughs> girlfriend who's evil straight out. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, no stress. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been re-watching some, some Faith episodes, and we, we can talk about that afterwards, <laughs> after we wrap this up. Well, yeah, so that's the thing, though, is like Faith has been, like y'all said, nice and good in this story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I liked is like, oh, Faith has really had a change of character, a change of heart. And we see the steps towards that at the end, you know, in the last seasons. Right. But mm -hmm. then at the end of the story, the like, that's the last thing that happens is she steals. She breaks up with her boyfriend and steals his credit card. Like. <laughs> Dude, what? I mean, and Buffy the... goes along with it. That's nuts to me. Buffy was distracted by hot girl holding her hand, which is right. fair. It's like, fair. And and you know what? I would accept this as a point in the story, just not the end <laughs> yeah. of the story. Okay, sorry, Del. No, I just think you have to leave room for growth, I think. Yeah. Because, like, 
Otherwise, Faith would have been too um, saintly as opposed to her characterization in, in canon. Fair enough. And the very, very last thing in the fanfic is just, you know, the two lines. Faith turns to look at Buffy, grins, and says, so what's next, B? And Buffy says, I don't know. <laughs> and I appreciate that both as a culmination of the, like, Buffy doesn't have responsibilities thing. Mm -hmm. But the subtle part there is also that in the middle of this, there was this, this, you know, the, the relationship point that Buffy can leave things to Faith. Faith can decide things. Like, she can lean on Faith for a lot of these mm -hmm. things. But I appreciate that at the end of it, it's not just like, and now Faith is going to, like, take charge of everything in the life. That it's still, <laughs> like, a partnership and they can both just muddle around yeah. and, you know... um figure out what they're doing together. Yeah, I also liked how it tied back into the beginning of the fanfic. Mm -hmm. How that's what Buffy wanted to say, but she couldn't say that. Right, and yeah. there's even this, this mental thought where, yeah, she does not, when Xander says, so what's now, Buff? She does not get to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. She glances over at the bus where Robin is bleeding and says, we get our asses to the nearest hospital, Pronto. Yeah. But this is the last, the very last thing she tells herself, <laughs> even though it has never been true before. Yeah. So, it's so that, yeah, it, yep. yeah, it's that bit of being able to relax and like a responsibility and like live. Yeah. And it ties right back. Like you said, it, it is yeah. the very last time she had to like just be the one with all the answers in a group. Yeah. Uh, that's some good writing, I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Everything yeah. is really connected throughout the story. And I think. You know, that's something it's so hard for me to do. I get bogged down when I'm writing. But this mm -hmm. author clearly had moments and consistencies that they were running through in their head and yeah. it worked. It's those little sentences that like infer and inform so much about what's going on in the story and what the characters are, are thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a real pleasure to read there where you read through it in every scene you can think. What was the purpose of this scene? And you can be like, oh, this was the purpose of that scene. What was the purpose of this paragraph in that scene? Oh, yeah, that paragraph had a purpose in this scene that had a purpose in the yeah. story. <laughs> it's all just so, so constructed. Well, like, this whole thing is about seven minutes to read. And we've been talking about it for 48, 45 yeah, minutes or so. I guess we can probably wrap so, it up, so right? It's so interesting that, like, <laughs> this very concise thing that had such a targeted impact. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Can we talk about the, the ship? <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. I, I have no strong feelings, but I imagine you might. You, you want to say something about faith, at least, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the ship, like <laughs> yeah. in general. Well, I mean, that's part of why I take umbrance with the end of the story, mm -hmm. right? Is You're right. It reminds you of who faith is. But mm -hmm. is that a good person for Buffy? Yeah. <laughs> well, at the very least... Maybe it's a good person for Buffy right now in the state that she's in at the end of the series. Okay. Uh, someone more impulsive. And, right. And, but also a equal on many levels. An equal. Yeah. That's good. Like the uh, relationship between Buffy and Faith in the series. Like I rewatched the episodes in um, season three when Faith appears and the two in season four. Mm -hmm. And it'd be weird to have a girlfriend that has knocked out your mom and stolen your body. <laughs> And had sex with your at-time boyfriend. Well, I don't know. Have you tried? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I have not, Amato. But... I, I like the idea, though, that you can forgive someone for almost anything if they change. If I... they show they have changed. Which I guess is why the ending of the story bothers me the most. Is why put this theft at the end? Because it's sort of like reversing the implied change that has been happening yeah. throughout the story. I mean, not necessarily, no. I don't think it's the author's intent, but... It is a weird note to end on. I'm kind of upset in my rewatch. I didn't get, get to the couple episodes where Faith appears in the last season. Because like a lot of the Faith growth has been um, those episodes in season three, season four, and a lot of Angel episodes, which I don't want to watch now because I don't want to stare at David Boreanaz anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always been some problems with Faith's writing in the series, I think. I agree. I think... Faith, when she first showed up, mm -hmm. was kind of likable, you know? Yeah. And then she starts to do these really awful things, and it just, it felt over the top. Yeah, it felt like they didn't understand um, being emotionally unstable, and it felt kind of classist as well, for some reason. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think also, like, sexist in a way, she yeah. falls under the thrall of the demon man. I mean, she says she's she's working, you know, she's using him, but it definitely seems like he's using her. Yeah, season three, she's she uh falls for a for a father figure mm -hmm. pretty much. And it's like 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. But like, who, who whose faith as a person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. It yeah. it did always feel like, and I mean, it's not like other characters in the series didn't suffer from that. Where it's like, for maximum drama, we're going to have this character do this rather yeah. than mm-hmm. rather than things really proceeding from a character. Yeah, and like Faith's position in the series has always been to antagonize Buffy. Like that was the reason that character was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy, who was at the time an only child, <laughs> to to feel like somebody else is taking some something from them and to react um, immaturely about it, I think. But I can I can see the Buffy and Faith ship in like Faith's early appearances, mm. right? Like it's sort of like a rivalry thing. Yeah, you know, like in our Karu no Go fanfic, where like <laughs> the rivals get together. Like yeah. I can totally see that because they're on the same level. They yeah. want the same things. They're similar in their roles and positions. Yeah. However, yeah, it's all the stuff that Faith goes on to do that, yeah, like I said, I think if someone changes, you can forgive something, but in ways, you know, feels, I guess, unforgivable is the word, you know, mm-hmm. how would Buffy, you need to do a lot more character work for Faith and Buffy to have Faith change and Buffy forgive her. Yeah, there's a lot of weird interactions between them also, because like in season three, when Faith does her initial public um uh heel change like they put a dagger at each other's throat then like she's like i'm gonna disappear now because that's monster of the week thing the bad guy gets away (laughs) attitude she like drops it and like kisses buffy on the forehead and runs away it's like Mm -hmm. how are we supposed to interpret that is that like a mob kiss of death thing or (laughs) (laughs) i I think faith was always supposed to be a conflicted character yeah definitely i i buy faith is conflicted (laughs) But yeah, it's like the, the action is weird. Yeah, no, they. <laughs> I agree, and, and like it's sort of spun out from there. Yeah, and I think a lot of the faith Buffy shipping comes from the fact that like they're both antagonistic, uh, facing off each other, and like they're both, uh, and they confront each other physically mm-hmm. because they fight, and that's like a physical violent thing, and that's connected with like um, aggression and sexuality, and that seems to thematically connecting people's brains and it seems like maybe that's not the best idea <laughs> well that's fair like you know? sort of thing like mm. i guess yeah yeah because that that's a really common thing like i mean it even happens in buffy with like buffy and spike you yeah. know it, i wasn't a fan of that either <laughs> no i mean there's many re- we could yeah yeah you know everybody i think hopefully everybody knows the reasons why that's not good but um we will likely be reading a yeah. buffy spike fanfic at some point in the future though <laughs> i can accept that. it okay, I, good, good. you know i'm just saying the reasons why it's not good but i remember the first time i watched buffy and i liked buffy and spike's relationship it's like my mind like erased the fact that he tried to rape her i don't yeah. even know i went back and rewatched it couple years later and i was like oh my god this is horrible i think we have to go back to the um manner of the media because like it was an episodic show but it was um had a continuity then mm. you only watch once a week if right. you ca- caught it on tv mm-hmm. and like a lot of my opinions on it that were negative were formed after being able to binge it on streaming yeah and compare all the whole thing at once but yeah like that I agree. And like, that's, um, and also, you know, age and perspective. Cause like, I think something, you know, I was pointing to is like, we got so used to these tropes that, you know, oh, you can be rivals in such a sense that like, you're even violently attacking each other, but secretly you're sexually attracted to each other that we allowed Buffy and Spike's relationship, or at least I did in my mind, allowed Buffy and Spike's relationship to be somewhat romantic Right. Even though he literally assaulted her, you know, it's crazy. So that is a trope and it's really common. And like, I actually think the Buffy and Spike thing is the most extreme example of it. Most extreme example. But but I think the Faith Buffy relationship falls in a similar category where it's like, it's more. It does because she also, yeah, stole her fucking body. Yeah. 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 Punched out her mom. And (laughs) yeah, a lot of horrible things. Yeah. Did horrible things. It's like they don't even talk about it in that context we're just like dealing with faith is either like oh we kill her or we put her in a max security prison system and forget about her or we let angel deal with her in a, in a different series <laughs> you know it's funny it's like it's it's actually similar to the spike thing too because is we we have to when we're supposed to ex- like accept spike is when we have to start the story has to start building empathy for him 
Mm-hmm. It's like as soon as the story starts building empathy for Faith. I mean, it always has built empathy for Faith. She's she's done a lot of bad things, but she's also been in a lot of shitty positions. So it's like somehow that makes it more okay, but it doesn't. It makes it more okay. It makes it like you can understand the character better. Yeah. You can have empathy for the character, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be in a good relationship together. Yeah. It doesn't make the character less shitty. Yeah, but I do find this version of Faith in the story makes more sense. But it's also kind of incongruous with the rest of Faith's characters, appearances in both Buffy and Angel. Is it all right if I take this as your complaints about this fanfic? Um, is there anything else we want to touch on before we move on to final praise? Yeah, I think the ship is my biggest complaint about it. Mm. The stealing the credit card is my biggest complaint about it. I'm like, that just came out of left field for me. But then again, that might be related to the complaint about the ship. Yeah. Yeah, as, no, I, I think you know. it's all tied in. Is what you, yeah. That's exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Is that like you have difficulty... You have difficulty waving aside certain instances of Faith's past behavior if we're ending the story on that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what do we want to praise about the fanfic on the way out? Can we praise the prose? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the main <laughs> thing for me. It's just that I enjoyed so much, not even the like tight construction, which I do appreciate, mm-hmm. but just the writing, the lines themselves that are written. Yeah. It's so dense with good lines. I liked that the the communication in it between the characters. Mm-hmm. It was um, practical. It was respectful, but it was also romantic, and it was also sweet. It was also fun to read. Which is like, how do you do that? <laughs> and it was also within four thousand words. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, because part of it was some of it happened off screen, and they just referenced it back right. later. <laughs> there were so many like strong um, callbacks and repetitions to like ideas. Like the Mm -hmm. ideas were never lost in this. Mm -hmm. I just wonder like how many editing passes does it take to get something down to this length and have it have that level of consistency? Well, I would like, while you mentioned that to shout out like the author does, they had a beta reader, uh, Jade Lennox. And they say many thanks to my talented beta Jade Lennox, who made this much, much better. This covering all, author covering all their bases there what did the beta do they made the story better wonder what happened yeah yeah well probably what you're describing is just like reading through it for clarity reading through it for thematic cohesion reading Mm -hmm. through it to trim the fat like i'm sure those are the sorts of things that a dedicated beta reader would be doing and i'm sure it took more than just like first draft beta second draft Mm -hmm. i imagine there were several you know goes through of this i know some people are geniuses (laughs) (laughs) And they're all fan fiction writers. A lot of them are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as much as I can, I complain till the cows come home about the ending. Like it, all in all, this is a really impressive piece of fiction. Like I just can't believe the narrative cohesion that exists in such a short story. Yeah. Without like, you know, there is no fat. You're right. Like there's nothing <laughs> like that you could take away. But that's because it's so short. Everything is poignant and relevant. And makes the story work. Doesn't feel too obvious either. It doesn't feel like this is talking down to you. Yeah. When when you say like, oh, I felt sorry for Buffy at the end of the series. I wanted to give her something nice to cheer her up. It's not just like, and then Buffy was happy. Yay. It's it's way more (laughs) than that. It's progress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I really liked the story. Me too. I agree. I I read it twice, but it was only seven minute read. So (laughs) (laughs) can read it 10 times to fit in the length of a lot of stories we read. Mm hmm. Um, or the length of this podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and yeah, speaking of the length of the podcast, we should probably finish up our conversation about this extremely short story, huh? Is there <laughs> anything else we missed before we close out? Um, I don't think you, you have to rewatch Buffy, but it should be rebooted. I think should be re- rebooted with an like entire entirely women's writing room, <laughs> yeah, production team. Yeah, because it's not I mean, like Joss Whedon is the only person who can write like Joss Whedon. Right? No, no, no. And then also retooling or getting rid of the character of Xander because, like, I don't like that character anymore. <laughs> They're awful. Um, <laughs> wasn't there was a a rebooted young like youth novel Buffy the Vampire Slayer? This came up when we talked about this a while ago, right? It's like as. Is, is, isn't it wasn't it Buffy? Oh, there's as, a like, novel young, series or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, 
a young adult novel series. I mean, by young adult, I mean mm-hmm. like middle school, not like you know high school, right? Um, maybe late elementary. But yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, definitely the case. I definitely read the first <laughs> one of those in my role as like someone who goes into schools sometimes and saw a book and was like, "Whoa, what is that?" <laughs> and like the vampires don't like they hmm. turn to bats and fly away instead of like oh. dying. Dying. It's what? like <laughs> it's it's aimed at younger that's people. So yes, that they yeah. rebooted, you know, they rebooted Buffy. But yeah, that's a, a, a woke Dang. reboot of Buffy would be cool. But that was like I, a was that a reboot of the Buffy TV series or like was it based on the movie? I'm um, no but TV series. I mean, there was yeah. like the sidekick, you know, characters and that sort of mm. thing. But yeah, Adela, I definitely think the concept of like episodic supernatural things that are a metaphor for problems <laughs> that like young people might have sure. in their life, like that's got legs. You can do that forever. Yeah. I want to see Buffy rebooted with Amy Sherman Palladino writing. <laughs> Writer of Gilmore Girls oh, <laughs> and Marvelous okay. Mrs. Maisel. That was not a, okay. a that was not a name that was in my mind. You know, oh god. Well, I'm reference. obsessed with Gilmore Girls, so end of story. <laughs> I can see that. That's that's good dialogue. That could work. <laughs> yes, I actually recently read a lesbian shipping Gilmore Girls fanfic, and I don't even know why. I did just cuz? <laughs> Someone recommended it to me, and I don't even remember why or how, but <laughs> it was Paris and Rory. I think I was trying to read through, I don't know, I was trying to do research. I was, oh yeah, I was doing research for a good Gilmore Girls podcast for us, to, or uh, <laughs> fanfic for us to do. Ooh. And that one was pretty good. Someone else so. doing research. I appreciate this idea. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let me know if you turn up anything. Mm. I don't remember <laughs> when that one was written, but I would recommend well, for now, I think, excuse me, mm-hmm. I was trying to pull up my, my dealie. So the Gilmore Girls fanfic I was thinking of, I just remembered it was something that one of um, fanfic uh, Chaos Blues guests talked about. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I was wondering- It was where Rory and Paris have a, a Boston marriage. Right. Yeah, I did feel slightly scandal scandalized. It was like oh, you're, you're talking to reading other fanfics that aren't like related to our project. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but I might, that might preclude it from us being able to use it because it was already talked about by someone else. I don't know. I don't Only think, one person wait, can talk about fanfic each fanfic. Maverick? No, it wasn't fanfic Maverick. It was Fangirls Library that talked about it. Oh. Sorry, I've been listening to too many of our fellow podcasters <laughs> lately. Too many. <laughs> Listen to us more. Yeah. Well, also listen to all our episodes. Yeah. Also listen to them because they're great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like Fangirls okay. Library does that thing where they um like rec like talk about what they're reading recently and like mm-hmm. in one of I don't remember which episode one of the episodes one of them mentioned the Gilmore Girls fanfic and I had to read it yeah, and I'm, it was good. I'm kind of glad we don't do that because I had to talk about all the random fanfics I read on my Tumblr timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Do you, motto? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'll be wondering if he did, because I'm talking about like self-insertion, like Lemon Sapphic fix. <laughs> oh, it's true. I don't actually have time to read anything anyway outside yeah. of this. This was episode 135 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, which is 100 more than what Della is turning today. Hey, you Happy don't mention a, a lady's age, but... I was about I to mean, say the same thing. But we can t- talk about mine, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no lady. Right? I'm no lady. <laughs> what was that intonation? Uh, uh, cut that in, in the editing. Where was I? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. The story. The story was Next by Janet Smith, also known as Janet. And you can find that story on Archive of Our Own, maybe elsewhere on the internet. You can also find a copy of it in the Fanfiction Reader by Francisca Copa, if that's... If you like reading your fanfics in published uh, book format, like I'm sure most people do. Do we know anything else about the the author in this? Like, have they written any other interesting works? I know nothing about the author. I do no research. <laughs> That's fair. Let's find out. You do more research than I do. Yeah. Um, it looks like <laughs> this is not one of those huge prolific authors pulling up Janet's AO3 page. They've got like six fanfics. Hmm. Buffy, two of them. Highlander, Alias, Farscape. Ooh. Through Calling. Farscape. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They've got Next and they've got a story that involves Farscape, Felicity, alias, Colin, <laughs> Whoa. Wait, what? <laughs> I must read this. 
Uh, it's called the Mary Sue Archives. It looks like it might be some sort of meta thing. I don't know. Oh, okay. But in any case, no, yeah, it might be just one of those authors who like dips into online to produce something amazing and then disappears. Or it's just been archived by somebody else. Also possible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can find on AO3, like I said. We'll provide a link there in the show notes. The intro song to the show is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album, and you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Davis, who once again is spending her birthday <laughs> talking about fanfiction with us on air. Yeah, I wanted to think about, because like first name, last name sounds kind of formal. And I've been thinking about going like first name, middle name for like, you know, okay. like public stuff would be sure. fine. So that'd be Della Rose. Della Rose. <laughs> Should I back up and do that again? No, we're, we're keeping all this in. <laughs> Fair enough. That's our style. <laughs> Happy birthday, Della Rose. Um, and you can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. If you've got questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode or the fanfic, if we need more words about this very short fanfic, you can contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic, Facebook at RetroFanfic, send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com, or you could put comments or reviews on whatever podcast service you use to listen to podcasts. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other <laughs> and not think too hard about those times we possessed each other's bodies and assaulted <laughs> each other's parents. Until next time, take care. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, it was you all along? <laughs> all three of us did it. Look, let's not point uh, fingers here. Once in a generation, there's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>